Well, it's good to be in the presence of God, isn't it? Amen. Great to be in the presence of friends. Amen. Like-minded believers, just friends. I feel at home. Amen. I just feel right at home. Amen. I just thank the Lord. Didn't Pastor Curtis McGee preach a wonderful message last night? Amen. A revelation of redemption. Amen. And uh, I'm just so honored to be here, very humbled, and uh, just so thankful, amen, for the opportunity that the Lord has given. And um, I just thank you, Pastor Lee, Sister Carla, for everything that you've done for me. We've been going through a time, amen. And um, I tell you, I'm just thankful for friends that understand. They know, amen. Many of you have been there for me for, you know, the last several years, but I tell you, the last two months, we've really, really just needed your love, your advice, your strength, your encouragement, and um, God's just good, and He knows who we need, amen, He knows who we need at the time that we need it, and we're just so thankful, amen, I'm just among some of the greatest friends of my life, Pastor Curtis, and Brother Shedrick's back there, him and Sister Mary, and just these churches have been so influential in our church, and um, I just want to thank God for so many from our church that came. Amen. So we praise God for GFCC. <clears throat> Some's in the back back there. I don't know what they're doing. And uh, we got other family that's, uh, amen, they're kind of down in New Orleans area. But, I mean, they just got stuck with us for about three weeks. And we just love them and so much. And just all of you, I just feel right at home. Amen. And I just say thank you. Thank you for just serving us the way that you have and everything like that. I love this church, the presence of God. Anytime that we need something from God, you come here and you just feel the, the grace of God, the healing. There's a river here. Amen. I saw Pastor Gustavo hitting golf balls today at Top Golf. I said, man, he's not living in the jungle. He's out hitting golf balls in Peru. Amen. That brother could hit him. I'm like, man. So uh, praise God. Uh, we know what he's doing in his off time. <laughs> oh, we're just kidding. Joshua chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Joshua chapter 5. Thank the Lord for this opportunity. And about two months ago, the Lord, I was reading, and um, I believe a lot like Pastor Curtis said last night, sometimes I read to get a message, <laughs> but this, this day I wasn't. And um, I know we need to read just to be intimate with the Lord, and there's times that God will drop a scripture in your spirit. And one day I was reading this, and um, Joshua chapter 5, verse 8 just leapt out at me. And um, it was just like in me. Like all I know to say is I tell our church a lot of times, it's like a seed, and like you become pregnant with it. And I really didn't know. I just kind of carried it around, and the Lord said, you'll preach this at the Encouraged Conference. But I don't believe I got really what he wanted me to hear or to say until this morning. And so I believe it's a word for now. And I believe this, that if you will just stay with me for a few minutes, I believe that God is going to send forth his word. And God is going to set people free tonight in this house. I believe that with every fiber of my being. I was questioning because I felt the presence of God and God sent Pastor Lee to me. He said, I'm going to confirm, you need to preach the word. 
I felt God. But there's things that the Bible says in John 4 that true worshipers worship Him in spirit and in truth. I thank God for a move of the Spirit, but we also need the Word of the Lord. Amen? We also need the Word of the Lord. So I'm just going to take my text, and I'm going to go back, and I will read some other places in Joshua chapter 5. But I want to just read verse 8, and we'll just pray, and then we'll go from here. Amen? Joshua chapter 5, verse 8 says this, And it came to pass, when they had done circumcising all the people, that they abode in their places in the camp till they were made whole. Some some versions of the Bible said they stayed in the camp till they were healed. Father, I ask that you would help me. Oh God, my heart is so heavy. Lord, that you would just move in this house tonight, God, and that you would heal every broken place. God, that you would heal every broken marriage, every broken child, every wayward person that is in this house tonight, every person that has been hurt by religion, that has been hurt by church. God, I ask you that the river of God would flow in this house tonight. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I titled this message tonight, Wounded Soldiers. Wounded soldiers. I'm just going to be very real with you tonight, and I'm going to just talk about some things that may be very detailed and very personal. But I believe that we all need to get real with God. I believe that we need to quit playing games with God, quit playing games with church. You can hide behind a tie and a white shirt and a three-piece suit. But when are we going to see revival? I can tell you when. When the church of Jesus Christ would get vulnerable and get real and quit hiding behind fig leaves and get true with God and let the grace of God begin to touch those places that you said that you would never let grace touch. You see, we play hide and go seek with God for too long. Amen. And we've sowed little fig leaves around us. And when God shows up and begins to ask us where we are, then we think that we're hiding behind somewhere. But God knows right where you are. God knows right where you are when you go in the dark valley and you shut the lights off. Nobody else may not see you, but God knows what is going on. And so God said that men love darkness. Why? Because when we come into the light, our deeds will be exposed. And so many times we play games with God. We hide in church. Do you know that you can fall away from Christ and still sit in church? Amen. You can be in church and not be in Christ. And so I thought about this passage of Scripture. And it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. And I began to just ask myself this. I wonder how many times, and I've already talked to some, how many of us literally are in the fight of our lives? Raise your hand. How many of you could say, I'm facing things in my life that I've never faced before? The enemy's coming in ways that he's never come at me before. We kind of wonder what's going on. And the enemy has come to wear out the saints. And God begins to cut things out of our life. And God begins to circumcise our heart. And He begins to remove things away from us. 
And how many times do we get up in our own strength and our own manhood and our own womanhood, if you can say that, and, and instead of sitting in the camp till we're healed, Sister Christy, we just want to help God out. Hurt people hurt people. And I begin to study a little bit, and it takes about 10 days for a baby to heal. But these weren't babies. These were grown men. Grown men that were being circumcised by a flint knife. You talk about pain, Pastor Gustavo. I wonder how many of us are feeling pain that we've never felt before. We're going through things that we've never been through before. But we know that it's not the enemy. We know it's a work of God. See, we give the devil too much credit too many times. It's the work of God beginning to cut things out of our life. Even, even though we may not understand it because it's painful. But God said, I'm about to get a greater glory. i got to walk you through this season of cutting away. Because when I bless your life, you're going to know that the only way that you got there is because God's hand was in it. But so many times we get wounded and we get hurt. And then you want to go to war. You get wounded and you want to fight back. But if you're circumcised, it's going to be hard to fight a battle. (laughs) Because that midsection, that place that's hurt, that place that's wounded, you're going to lose every bit of your strength. And you're not going to be able to fight. And so what is God saying? i got to get you in a position where you let me fight. As I was praying this week, I heard God say to me, I've never heard of a casualty of worship, but I've heard about a lot of casualties of war. He said, if you'll worship, he said, then I'll war. See, God's got to get us in a position where we can't do anything but worship. Because many times we get wounded and we want to stand up and then we want to fight. But we're a bunch of wounded soldiers and we try to fight out of our wounds instead of letting God fight our battles for us. Amen. But I came to tell somebody tonight, this battle's not mine. It's not yours. And we just got to let God fight the battle for us. How many of us are going through things that we've never been through, facing struggles so painful that you know it has to be the grace of God that you're still standing, and much less that your heart is still alive and pure? I believe that God sent me to this meeting, and I believe that some of you came to this meeting, and it's going to be a pivotal point for the rest of your life. The enemies after our families... The enemies after our lives, the enemies after our children, the enemies after our churches, the enemies after our ministries, more than I've ever seen him before. But can I tell you, God is fighting for us and over us more than I've ever seen. I was talking to Pastor Curtis on the way here. He said, there's a double move going on. He said, the devil's fighting, but God's moving at the same time. Amen. There's a double move that's taking place. So I'm going to do my best to preach. I told Pastor Lee this today. I have a hard time living what I preach. But I find great strength preaching where I'm living. Someone just preached my life right now. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. <laughs> 
Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Joshua chapter 5, verse 1, And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their heart melted, neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. Can I tell you, God had already did his part. They had already heard what God done. Sounds like God's getting ready for a revival, don't it? I mean, the work's already done. All I got to do is just walk in it, right? But what does verse 2 say? God said to Joshua, make knives of flint. We don't want to go through anything, do we? We want to go around the pain, don't we? We want to skirt the issues of the hard times, don't we? We don't want to walk through much affliction, do we? But are we going to experience the goodness of God in the land of the living if we don't walk through some hard times? Verse 2 said, And at that time the Lord said unto Joshua, Make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the heel of the foreskins. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness, by the way, after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised. But all the people that were born in the wilderness, by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom the Lord sware that he would not show them the land which the Lord sware unto their fathers that he would give us a land that flows with milk and honey. Can I tell you tonight that a rival is not revival. Arrival is not revival. They had crossed over the Jordan and they get to the place that they had heard about their whole life, that they had been longing for, that they had been searching for. And so they get over and they cross over the Jordan, but now they have to go through a process that is going to bring pain to their life. Can I tell you, when you show up, that whenever you arrival is not revival immediately. Amen. It means that I'm moving towards that. And I, don't get me wrong. I know that God is moving in our midst. Amen. I believe that we're seeing God move and there's revival that is breaking forth. But can I tell you, I don't believe that we've seen anything yet. I believe that we're, we're on the brink of the greatest move of God that we've ever known before in our entire lives. Amen. But can I tell you, the reason we're feeling what we're feeling right now it's because God has made a knife and he's made it very sharp. And he's beginning to cut some things out of our life. He's circumcising our heart. He's doing away with the fleshly things. He's getting rid of the flesh out of the house of God. And he's removing some things. Why? Because we've not seen anything yet. Arrival is not revival. Amen. And one thing that I've come to find out. Why did God do this? Because he said, I'm fixing to bring you into the promise that you've heard about your whole life. But when you get there, 
You're not going to get there on your own strength. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, I'm going to boast all the more in my weaknesses and in my infirmities. So I come to talk to the pastor tonight. I come to talk to the lay people tonight. I came to talk to the church tonight. You wonder why you're facing what you're facing. We just got to hold on a little bit longer because we've crossed over and revival's right ahead of us. But God has to cut some things out of our life so that when we get there, we'll know it's the grace of God. Hallelujah. It's the grace of God. Stay with me. I've come to find out that the greatest rival to revival is me. The greatest rival to revival is me. Can I tell you, sometimes I make me sick. If you'll look within, you probably at times make you sick too. I don't like me. I don't like me. I'm a competitor. I'm jealous. I get angry. And I can be the biggest hindrance to God moving in somebody else's life. I'm tired of getting bit by the viper. I'm tired of getting venom on the inside of me. I'm tired of hurting. I'm tired of God's knife on me. I'm tired of getting things cut out of me. I'm tired of God cutting on me. I'm just being real with you tonight. I'm tired of the pain. I don't like the pain. I don't like it. Oh, but it's the purpose and the plan of God. Because He's doing something, Sister Rob. He's doing something. I don't like it, though. I got a son that's away from God. I don't like the pain of that. I feel like a failure. I don't like it. Oh, but God says you've seen nothing yet. I got to do this, son. I got to allow this in your life. Brother Renee, God's got to do these things. He's cutting things out, brother. It's the process of God. God's removing things because we're about to step into a greater glory. Oh, God, I'm I'm the greatest rival to revival. You say, what's a rival? I'm glad you asked. A person or thing competing with another. That's me. That's me. I make me sick at times. Oh, God wants to move this way, and I'm wanting to move this way. God's wanting to do this in my life, but I want God to do this in my life. I wouldn't have never said, God, I don't want you to cut on me anymore. He said, if you want the goodness of me, then you've got to let me cut on you a little bit more. But God, I don't like you cutting on me. I like my, I like my flesh. I like these things. I like my life. I wonder about you. I wonder about you. But then God starts cutting things and start, God starts asking of things. And, but I'm in the promised land. I've crossed over. I thought this was it. God said, no, no. No, no. You're here. And you got here only by grace. I told him, put that foot in that river. It was out of the flood banks. And the only way you got here was by my grace. But let me tell you, the only way you're going to get beyond them walls is by my grace too. And the only way, the only way. Rival, competing with another for the same objective or for the superiority in the same field of activity. Anybody ever try to compete with God? 
Think that God should do it this way? Anybody ever try to help God out? Think about this. I'm the greatest hindrance to God moving into revival. If Paul would have gave attention to the viper that bit him, can I tell you there would have been an island that would have never known the grace of God and the healing power of God. But because he shook the beast off of his hand and he kept moving forward with God. I believe I said this the other night. I could just see Paul blood running down that hand and venom couldn't even get on the inside of him. And he went and laid his hands on Publius, his father. And that fever had to go away. Amen. I believe that the grace of God, Paul looked and seen where that viper had bit him and blood was running down. But the grace of God brought healing to that man's life. Amen. Can I tell you, you're going to get bit by the viper, but you got to keep moving forward with God. So stay with me. God has to break us before He can bless us. God has to break us before He can bless us. Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. <laughs> I thought about that. Several hundred thousand were on this hill. And Joshua made a sharp knife. Just bear with me. Probably sounds gory, but imagine what it sounded like. Hundreds of thousands of men, and the men of Jericho right across them walls. The greatest army that they've ever faced is right on the edge of them walls. Guarding Jericho. Here you got the children of Israel. Crossed over. Do you mean to tell me now I got to get cut on? Now? i got to be circumcised hundreds of thousands of men at one time. Can you imagine the pain? Can you imagine what it must have sounded like? Oh, God! Can you imagine the blood? Can you imagine what they had to face in that moment? Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because some of you are feeling the same pain right now. Some of you go behind closed doors and you say, Oh, God, why? Why? When God begins to cut things away from your life and you say, oh God. And you know that the enemy's right there listening to everything. Oh, but God is disarming that enemy. <laughs> and God is disarming your ability to fight on your own. <laughs> because if God didn't begin to cut on you, then you would rise up and want to take matters in your own hands. But God said, I'm going to get the very strength of you. You may be in the promised land, but I'm about to cut things out of your life. I'm about to cut things away from your life. And you're like, oh God, I'm tired of the pain. And God said, I'm reducing your ability to fight because, because I'm about to show Show you a greater measure of myself and a greater measure of my glory. You will, you will take possession of the promise, but you won't do it on your own strength. So God begins to cut things out of our life. Because we're not going to do it on our own. And after God can deal with our pride. After God can deal with my giftings. <laughs> after God can deal with my abilities. After God can deal with all of that that I can bring to God on my own. 
And we can't do anything but just sit in the camp and heal. The enemy's right there. I got to get them. God said, you're going to get them in your own strength. Genesis 34, when they raped Dinah, guess what happened? He said, circumcise them. And can I tell you, then they went in there. And because they couldn't fight back, then they took them down. Can I tell you, God knows how to get our attention. God knows how to get our attention. Some of you feel what I'm saying right now. You feel it. Bear with me. This is way different for me. The second thing I want to tell you is after God can deal with us and us being the rival, our pride, our stink, our stench, then he begins to remove things. So the second thing I want to give you tonight is removal. I'm just going to say it because this is reality. Not everyone is going where we're going. There will be a removal before there will be a revival. Somebody needs to hear this tonight. Not everyone that starts with us will finish with us. Sometimes God will raise up a people born in the wilderness. Sometimes God will raise up a people that are born in the wilderness. You see, these people that were born in Egypt, they had been circumcised. But you know what? Because of their disobedience and they couldn't take possession of the promises of God. Amen. So listen to me tonight, church. If God starts removing people out of your life, don't blame it on the devil and don't give the devil credit. Maybe God just says, I got to get them out of the way. Amen. Because not always that everybody that starts with you, it's going to finish with you. Amen. Oh, but God's got a remnant. Some people's going to get born out of the wilderness. Amen. Can I tell you, I believe when this last hour revival happens, it's going to be a bunch of people born in the wilderness. They're going to look different. They're going to talk different. They're going to say things different. They're not going to look like what you think they should look like. They're going to be born in the wilderness, but let the hand of God get upon their lives. Born in the wilderness. And I tell you that many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few. Few. Who wants to be cut on? <laughs> Who wants to have people leave us, Lee? Who? Our best friends? Our family? Our loved ones? Who really wants that? People we trust? Who looks forward to that, Andrew? They're with you today, and they hate you tomorrow. Who wants that? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Some of you just want to, oh, you're just getting alone and you're crying out by yourself. When are we just going to be real? Because we're all facing it. We all have this pain. When are we just going to be real? When are we going to just draw strength together? Oh, God, this is real that I'm saying. 
This is pain that's real. None of us want to face it. Many are called, but few are chosen. Who is the chosen few? The one that is willing to be cut on and still look to God and say only by the grace of God, only by the goodness of God. Oh, when God begins to cut things out of my life, when God begins to remove people out of my life, I'm not going to lay down. I'm going to stay here in the camp till I'm healed. And when God tells me to get up and march, then I'm going to begin to march with God. And I'm going to march around the walls with the people that are for me, that I can walk in line with God. And they may look different, Brother Cedric. They may talk. Come here, brother. Whoa, I feel my help. Come on. They're going to look different. They may be black. They may be white. They may be brown. Come here, brother. Come here. Do you speak Spanish? Hey, he speaks Spanish. Dios te bendiga. Hallelujah. We're going to walk together. The only way them walls can come down is if somebody gets in line and there's unity among the brethren. I don't care the way they talk. I don't care what their skin color is. We're going to walk with God together. We're going to see revival move. My God, I feel my help. Many are called, but few are chosen. Few. Who's the few? The ones that are willing to be cut. The ones that are willing to walk together and not against each other. I'm not competing against Shadrach. I'm not competing against Felix. I love this man. I love them. I've seen Rafe grow up. That's 13 years old. And you know what my prayer for him is? That he preaches this gospel better than I ever. I'm not jealous of him. I'm for him. I'm for him. Who's going to make it? The few. The few. Who's the few? The ones that are willing to be hurt. Be afflicted. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. How are we going to know the delivering power of God if we're not willing to stay in God? Unity, authority, power. Keep your mouth shut. Don't you dare open your mouth, because if you open your mouth, then you're going to divide this thing. Come on now. You're going to say something out of line, out of order. You're going to talk about him because his skin color. You're going to talk about him because you couldn't understand his English. <laughs> we just, our mouths get us in trouble, don't it? Sometimes you just got to let God fight your battle. I don't like it. I want to hurt somebody. I'd ever been there? Thank y'all. Thank you. Hallelujah. Y'all give them a hand. Thank you. You can't have revival without removal. Acts chapter 5 tells us a story about Ananias and Sapphira. They were disobedient to the Lord and they lied to the Holy Ghost. And they didn't. You ever notice that some people just lie to you and lie to God and do things to you? They didn't have to do it. Why, why, what are you even saying? Why do you do that? You didn't have to do nothing. I'm not your enemy. You didn't have to give me your land or sell it or lie to me. Just do what you want to do. Huh. Just do it. Well, they lied to the Holy Ghost. 
I wonder if this kind of church happened. Today, what would we do? I bet the honor for God in his house would be a whole lot different. You start lying to the Holy Ghost. Oh, he ain't talking to me. Yeah, right. What if we just started falling out dead instead of falling out in the Spirit? <laughs> well, they're dragging one out. Is he drunk? No, he's dead. <laughs> then he told his wife to lie in the home when she, they shut the door and turned the lights off. Come on, somebody. <laughs> What's your children here when you leave church? What they think about the man of God? We wonder why we have a generation that don't want to go to church. Because you've trashed your pastor every time you got in the car. You've talked bad about him every time you got home. No wonder they don't want to go. They can't stand God. They can't stand the pastor. They can't stand the pastor's wife. Because you've done nothing but trash them for years. So guess what? Ananias put that in Sapphira. And so now there goes Ananias. And guess what? I bet she thought she was missing out. All right. She dead too. Let's get the dead weight out of the way. Uh, for lack of better words. Come on, somebody. Uh, read the next chapter. Read the next verse. What happened then? Uh, revival broke out, didn't it? I mean, even the shadow, his handkerchiefs began to fall on people. People get, began to be healed. Amen. They started just pulling people up. Amen. People that were sick. They got the dead weight out of the house of God. Amen. Can I tell you, sometimes in order to see revival, there's got to be a removal. Amen. And so you wonder why God's dragging some things out of your life. I can tell you why. Because God is getting ready to move and he's going to use you to do it. Hallelujah. My God. Listen. Hallelujah. Malachi tells us about the dross. Oh, how many of us like when the fire's turned up? We feel it, don't we? Uh, uh, y'all saw that, didn't you? You failed it too? We sit there. God begins to turn up the heat on us. We really don't like it, do we? But can I tell you, the hotter the fire gets, it begins to shake things up. Anybody notice the shaking going on in the church lately? I mean, a shaking. Anybody felt a shaking on the inside of your life lately? Just feel God doing some things. You don't really understand what's going on. You just know God's shaking some things loose. You know why? He's turning the fire up. You know why? Because there's impurities in our life, and Jesus can't see his reflection yet. Jesus is ready to see his reflection in his bride. Because the bridegroom's getting ready to come, so he's turning up the heat. Amen. And he's just beginning to scrape the dross off of our life. Those impurities. And there's some things that want to fight and hold on down the bottom. God told me tonight, there's somebody in the sound of my voice. You said you would take something to your grave. But tonight, God's going to free you from that. God's going to free you from that tonight. You're going to confess it to God. And God's going to set you free. There's things in your life that's tried to hold on at the bottom. And God's turning up the heat. But it's starting to break things loose. It's starting to break things loose. Why? Because there's got to be a removal of the dross by the fire so that Jesus can see his reflection in our lives. 
So we wonder why the fire's being turned up. We wonder why we're feeling the pressure and the pain that we're feeling. It's because God is breaking things up in our life so that he can see his reflection in us. Verse 9 says, And the Lord said to Joshua this day, somebody say this day, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off of you. Can I tell you, God sent me to this house tonight to tell somebody here tonight that tonight the reproach is being rolled off of your life. You say, what does reproach mean? I'm glad you asked. It means to be despised. It means to be disgraced. It means to have shame. It means to constantly walk in a spirit of rejection and rebuke. Amen? But can I tell you, tonight just as God used Joshua to roll away and begin to cut away the reproach of Egypt. Can I tell you, whatever you've been in your past, whatever shame has followed you around, whatever disgrace has been on your life, if you feel despised, if you feel like you walk with your head down, I came to tell somebody tonight in this house that God is the lifter of our heads and you don't have to walk lowly any longer. You don't have to walk in shame another day because God said tonight, I'm going to remove the reproach of Egypt from off of your life forevermore. Hallelujah. Removal prepares for renewal which produces revival. Removal prepares for renewal which will produce revival. Amen. Before I move, I want to read Exodus 36. I'm sorry, Ezekiel 36:30 to you. Listen to this. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field that you shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. God's going to remove our reproach. The third thing I want to tell you tonight is renewal. God's going to renew some things. In our lives tonight. Not, God's not going to leave us in a state of being a, revi- a rival. He's not going to lead us in our, leave us in our pride and our arrogance. But God's going to renew things tonight in our life. I believe some of you is going to go back to your churches and just going to know that you're walking into something new. God can do that through your life this weekend. God can start that tonight. I believe he started it last night. God can do that. You see, so for 40 years, they hadn't practiced and kept the Passover. Well, can I tell you, if you want revival, there's only one way to get to revival, and that's through the blood. (laughs) You can't have revival without the lamb. Amen. And they couldn't partake of the Passover without being circumcised. So they had to get circumcised so that they could partake of the Passover so that they could move forward. And can I tell you that I believe so many times we get wounded, we get in pain, and we lose and leave intimacy with God. Think about it. If they wouldn't have been circumcised, they'd have just barged right forth, Sister Christy. And they'd have forsaken the intimacy of the blood and the Lamb. My God. So God said in verse 8, they stayed in the camp till they were healed. And when they were healed, they were slow. And they got up and they went and partook of the Passover. How many times do we miss out on the greatest blessings of God because we're serving God in our own strength and in our own authority? 
They couldn't keep the Passover until they were circumcised. There are intimate places that you will never participate in without the removal of the flesh. There are intimate places that you will never participate in without the removal of the flesh. They had to be circumcised in order to partake on the precious blood of the Lamb. Can I tell you, there are places in our life, pain, hurt, things that we walk through in our life, it would never, we would never go to the intimate places with God unless it was because of this pain. This pain pushes me to a place to be still and know that He's God. I want to barge forth and help God out. I want to bring down the walls of Jericho. I want to take possession of the promise. But God said, no, not without partaking of my Passover. <laughs> You're not moving forward except through the Lamb. Except through the Lamb. Can I tell you tonight, church, many times we get wounded. We become that wounded soldier. And we totally miss the intimate places with the Lamb. But there are places where deep calls unto deep. Where I've been hurt. I've been cut on. God is removing things out of my life. And I say, God, oh God, oh God, let me get intimate with the Lamb. Let me get to know this Christ like I've never known Him before. I have to know Him. I have to know Him. Can I tell you, the, they were renewed to the Passover. They were renewed to the blood. They were renewed to the Lamb. And as soon as they passed through that Lamb, that blood, can I tell you what happened? The goodness of God just began to pour out on their life. Can I tell you, there's a place of grace. Whew. There's a place of grace that we did nothing. Can I tell you there's harvest that we didn't plant, but we're surely going to reap from. Amen. Verse 11 said, And they did eat of the corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the same day. Can I tell you they began to eat out of the provision of the Lord. And can I tell you whenever you're broken, whenever you're weak, whenever you're wounded, can I tell you the provision of God is going to come to you. Can I tell you the goodness of God will chase you down and he'll be begin to pour out his goodness. He'll begin to pour out his blessings all over your life. Amen. They couldn't do anything. They were wounded. They were hurt. They had been circumcised. Oh, but they got to a place in their life that they passed through the blood. Amen. Can I tell you tonight, church, it's time that you and I would slow down a little bit and get intimate with the lamb again and let the blood get on our lives. Because when we move through the lamb, then the provision of God will be in our lives like never before. There's provision. The old corn of the land. Can I tell you, even that old corn was probably a type of last year's corn that was stored in somebody's barn. Oh, but can I tell you, if you'll just keep moving forward with God, there's more. I said there's more. There's more than what somebody had stored last year. He said just keep walking forward because you ate last year's corn and now the manna stopped. Can I tell you, some things are going to stop in your life, but you just got to keep moving forward with God because he said now there's produce in the land. Who planted that? I sure didn't have nothing to do with it. Oh, but somebody ahead of me has planted that fruit in the land. Now all I got to do is walk forward with God and eat it. Can I tell you tonight, church, there's a place in grace 
There's a place in grace that God has everything already took care of for you. The renewal. Can I tell you, God wants to renew things in our life. Intimacy with the Lamb. He wants to pour out His provision and His produce in our life. And I'm going to close with this. But I want to take just a minute here. Maybe I said everything that I said to say these next couple things. The fourth thing I want to give you is revival. Revival. The children of Israel, they cross over. And they get this side to Gilgal, which means a wheel or a rolling away. And so God cut their foreskins, removed the reproach of Egypt in the face of their greatest enemy. I tell you, our God. In the presence of our enemy. And you say, I can't fight. I don't need you to fight. Let me fight. I've already took care of them, Joshua 5, 1. The king's hearts has melted. I just got to deal with you. <laughs> I've already dealt with your enemy. But you're the greatest enemy that I got to deal with now. I got to deal with you. I got to deal with your flesh. I got to deal with your pain. Because I'm fixing to bring you into the promise of God. And when you take possession of the promise, you're going to know that you did nothing to get it. You did nothing to get it. Can I tell you tonight, everything that you're going through, God, God knows and He understands. Many of us are in the face of our greatest enemy. We hear Him. He's loud. I see Him. I feel Him. He's a liar. And he's just breathing lies. Oh, but God said, I'm sending revival. I'm sending revival. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 said, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and he looked, and behold, there stood a man over him, against him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him, unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay. But as captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth, and he did worship. Can I tell you, you can't have a revival without the presence of God. You just got to keep walking. I know it hurts. I know you feel betrayed. I know there's pain. I know that the enemy's after your strength, sister. I know. I know. I know. But God said, keep walking. <laughs> you're going to eat yesterday's corn, but you're going to eat fruit off the vine that's fresh. How am I going to get that? I didn't do nothing to deserve this. God said, I know. But many are called, few are chosen, and you kept walking with you kept walking with me. And now you know that enemy's up there. Oh, here's a man with a sword drawn. Who is this? Oh, oh, I feel the presence of God. We've got to keep moving with God. 
You can't have revival without the presence of God. He said, remove your shoes from off of your feet. The ground which you stand on is holy ground. Can I tell you, many of us miss the presence of God because we're so wounded and we just get up and try to fight him. But Joshua knew, Joshua knew, I'm in the presence of God. He fell on his face. He fell on his face, the Bible said. And he did worship. And he said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Can I tell you the first thing we need to do tonight is we need to fall on our face in the presence of God and begin to thank God. The second thing after we're in the presence of God, Joshua chapter 6 verse 1. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out. And none came in. I heard God very, very specific today. And He told me this. And I'll be honest, I didn't want to say this. But He said, this scripture right here is a picture of many of your lives. You've built many walls. Because you've been hurt. You've been abused. You've been abandoned. You've been molested. You've never talked about it. You never told anybody about it. You've been abducted. Many of you have secret addictions that nobody knows about. And if you were to tell somebody about it, what would they think about me? What would they think? Because will I lose my position? Will I lose my title? Will I lose my anointing? What will people think about me? Joshua 6.1 The walls of Jericho were tightly shut up. Nobody went out. Nobody came in. Can I tell you, that's the way many of us do church. That's the way many of us do Jesus. We build walls around us. Why? Because I got hurt. Because I was abandoned. Because I went through a divorce. Because of shame. Because of guilt. And God said, we begin to build walls and we just keep people out. And God said, when you're in my presence and true revival's there, he said, the Spirit of God will begin to penetrate. <laughs> the Holy Ghost will begin to penetrate things in people's lives. The Holy Ghost will begin to penetrate walls that people have built up. Where shame has attached itself and strongholds of roots are there. And the Spirit of God and His gentleness and His love and His mercy begins to penetrate these walls that we've built for a long time. Some of you have been hurt in church and you said, I'll never trust another pastor. You've been hurt by Sunday school teachers and you said, I'll never get close to anybody else again. Because you were wounded. You were hurt. And you built walls. And you said, I'm going to keep everybody out and I'm not moving out of here. I'll never do that again. Is that what Jesus has asked you to do? You're wounded. You're a wounded soldier. let God begin to melt them walls. When you're going to let the Holy Ghost begin to penetrate the walls that you've built up. Because true revival, when we're in His presence, the Holy Ghost will begin to penetrate places and begin to tear walls down. 
that you've built for years. Walls of sickness you said will never break. Walls of shame, walls of abuses, walls of addictions, walls of abandonments. I wonder how many of your lives are like that. You're tight. You keep people out. You don't let anybody in. What a way to, what a way, what a, what a way to just die. What a sad state of life. Keep everybody out. But can I tell you, there's the other side of that. There's the promises of God. God had been saying to the children of Israel, there's a land that flows with milk and honey. And can I tell you, but it was on the other side of those walls. Can I tell you, there's places on the other side of the walls that you built to keep people out. Can I tell you, there's promises waiting to be discovered. There's promises waiting to be discovered on the other side of the walls that you have put up. And the promises of God are yes and amen. They are yes and amen. And so God has not forgot about the promises that he's made in your life. But here's the thing. If anybody forgot about the promise, it was you, not God. The only thing about the promise is you built walls to keep God out of it. You can't, you built walls to keep people out of it. You built walls up, but the promise of God is on the inside of those walls. The promise that God said there's a land that flows with milk and honey is just on the other side of the walls that you built up. And so God said, I need somebody that'll get in line, that'll get in unity, and that'll begin to walk around the walls. I don't need you to open your mouth. I don't need you to use a weapon. I don't need you to be anybody of war. I just need you to walk. I just need you to walk. I just need you to walk. I wonder if somebody here tonight, you just need to walk. There's walls that you've built up. God's not asking you to do anything. Just walk. Just walk. Jericho, on the other side of the walls, lies the promises of God. There's potential in the promises. And the promises are waiting for the power of God to move and the walls to begin to come down. Can I tell you, there's not only the promise there, but can I tell you, there's people that are waiting inside of those walls. Can I tell you, somebody wants to see the inside of you. Can I tell you, there's Rahab's that are just walking. Can I tell you, there's people waiting that are longing for them walls to come crashing down. Can I tell you, there's people that are watching your life, wondering when we'll just get vulnerable and real with God. And they're looking at your life and they're saying, if they can get real, if Russell can get real, and the walls can come down in him, surely they can. I can imagine what Rahab must have thought. Rahab was just waiting. She had heard about the way that the sea dried up, about the way that the river dried up. She had heard about those things, and she was on the inside of that home just waiting. She threw a little scarlet thread out the window, and she's just waiting on the goodness of God. She's just waiting on somebody to get in line and get obedient with God and begin to walk. She's just waiting. I bet her heart was pounding. Can I tell you, somebody's waiting on you to move with God. Somebody's waiting on you to move with God. Somebody needs you to be obedient to God. Somebody's on the inside of the walls waiting. Their hearts are trembling. And they're just needing somebody to be obedient with God tonight. Rahab's name means roomy. To set at liberty. Broad or wide. 
or large. And I just wrote down, sounds like revival to me. I could just see Rahab on the inside of them walls restricted. Oh, but if somebody would come get If somebody would come get me out of here. Nothing yet. I wonder how many Rahabs are here. You built walls up. You're on the inside of walls. But you're saying, oh, if somebody would just get me out of these walls. Uh, you've seen nothing yet. I'm about to open up like you've never seen. I'm about to get larger and louder than you've ever heard. I'm about to move with God in ways that you've never seen before. Sounds like revival to me. So tonight. How many of you ready for a new beginning? How many of you tired of carrying the baggage, the reproach around with you? You're tired. You done, brother? You tired? Is it over with? God said, I'll cut it out tonight. I wonder how many is ready tonight for things to be removed out of your life. There's somebody here tonight, you said you'll take something to your grave. God wants to remove it. Would you obey God if that's you? You just know God's knocking on the door of your heart. You want to be free. You want to be free. You want to be free. Just move with me.